Sentire Media Energy, energy. Thank you very much for downloading our podcast from Italy. It is a beautiful 10 February, a Friday morning. It is 7.43 in the a.m. Woo! Ciao tutti! Good morning. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Ashley. We are sitting next to six cats, one messy bed, one old computer. And a giant cappuccino. And a giant cappuccino. <laughs> we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo cooking school in beautiful Piobico, Italia. Yes. Thanks for all tuning in. Welcome back to our inconsistent podcast where we share stories about life here at our farm and in cooking school. And now we are taking it to the next level and have incorporated a vlog into Ooh. things. Yeah. Elizabeth was, I saw Elizabeth was very worried we wouldn't do the podcasts anymore, but um, here we oh, are. Oh, on Facebook? I saw that. Yes. But uh, here we are doing it. And um I don't know why you guys are so excited. We do this suit every once in a blue. So you're much really better sweet. off if we say we're doing a weekly vlog. I know, but it's really sweet. So let's talk about the vlog. Um, what is a video blog? We thought, I think we talked about this a little bit before, and we did a Facebook Live um, post last week about it. And a vlog or video blog is a way for us to share with you guys our um, stories, our recipes, the slice of life that is the podcast as well, but with the visual aspect, with the video side. And so we're trying to record things throughout our day, piece it together, and make a kind of creative, fun um, way to share with you guys. Yeah, we did a couple of years ago, we did the live cooking classes. We kind of, last winter, we really didn't do anything mm-hmm. fun or interactive <laughs> or anything. So it's just a different, yeah, absolutely. I know, puts, switch it up. It's it time to. I love it. Puts a lot of pressure on not yours truly, someone else. Yes. <laughs> the music is really hard. If you guys know of any good music, um, royalty free, or a good place to find good music or, that is not super expensive. Um, or if there's someone you know who's yes. a budding musician who wants to get their music out there, this great. is a great place to do it. Each week, I'm looking for hot new tunes. Hot new tunes. And I still listen to the Doobie Brothers, so I have no idea <laughs> what's hot. <laughs> But I need your help. So seriously, if you guys know any good music, um, send it my way. I'm always looking for something. Well, we're turning it back here to uh, uh, our little slice of heaven, which is Piobico. We were gone for a little bit with – we flew – Kind of last minute. Oh, kind of last minute. I've never done – Two days before. I've never bought a plane ticket to fly – Across the ocean two days before we left. No. And not to like talk about the financial side, but we were really lucky. We had to go back to the States for a family emergency. And we thought, oh my gosh, who knows what these tickets are going to cost. Yeah, it's like we got to get them and whatever it's going to cost, we have to do it. But Oh my gosh, we got so lucky. 600 and about 45 euro round trip each. From Bologna to Seattle and back. Yes. And that was... Two days before. That was incredible. Um, I've never seen anything like no, that. No, I was prepared to pay three to four times that. It much. was like, book them. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I've noticed a lot of, um, there's a ton of sales going on yes. for uh, flying over the over the Atlantic right now. I don't know why. Yeah. And also I found out the f- airline Concordia was really good. It's a German airline and that goes from like Seattle, no, I think Vegas to Frankfurt nonstop, but really good prices. So depending on where you are in the 
States. Check it out. Good prices. Good price. I don't know how we ended up on that, but anyway, we so we uh, we're gone for a little bit, but now we're back, and uh, we we left with um, a good amount of snow on the ground. Woo. And while we were gone, the air changed and started coming up from Africa. The Shiroko. The warm air. The warm air from Africa started came up, melted all the snow, and now we just have muddy. Muddy fields. Yeah. <laughs> and the rivers are raging, which is good. This will all be great because it had a nice slow melt and then these soaking rains after. So this is all great for the land for the summer. And uh, we're, playing, we're getting the garden planned out. We have the seeds ordered. We did get sweet corn in the States. We did. But we had to give it all to our neighbor, Carolyn, because Gaji said he would put it in the wrong places or sabotage it. No. Oh, I said he he, he already <sighs> said, oh, we'll put it down in, in the so- Swamp. I know. I was like, why are we putting it in the swamp? There's an area of my garden towards the, the back left corner where it's just um, the way the land goes, all the water kind of pools there and it's just muddy, swampy area and and um, it's not really great for planting anything. I've tried, but it's just the, the, the uh, ground gets so compacted and muddy that it, nothing really thrives there. So that's where Gachi really just suggested we planted our corn. And you know he'll push for it. Of course. So we had to give it to Carolyn and put it in safe hands and entrust her with all of our sweet corn. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Piobico has – there has Ooh. been a problem with Ladri thieves. And they've there's a band of thieves running through the area, not just in Piobico, but in the general – Pesaro Bino and area. Like at weird times. I don't know what they're really stealing. I feel like it's like a TV or a VCR kind of thing, but they're coming around like aperitivo time um, when they think people are gone to dinner. Yeah, so uh, we saw on, the, Facebook. on Facebook going around the end of last week that at six or seven o'clock in the evening, um, when people were home, thieves come and ransack houses. Yeah, and I don't know what they're really stealing, but. Small towns going. It's, it's weird. It is out. So we might have to start locking our door. I know. I leave my key in the car. It's that maybe I shouldn't do that. It's sitting in the ignition. I know. <laughs> Daring someone. <laughs> um, but uh, they could take that car. Huh? They could take that car. Uh, I still could, don't want to wake up and I don't have, have it. to. I don't want to have to go through the paperwork. It's not the car that I'm. More, that's more of a pain in the butt. It's like, oh, now we have to deal with this. True. Uh, but thankfully, we live so far down this road that you really have to know that someone's down here and worth it to come all the way down here. This I think is our true. proximity, our, our geographic location, keeps us a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I, cre- I the first day we came back, I did. I made a huge faux pas going down our road. Um, <gasps> it was. Did. It's been really wet, like we talked about, and rainy and. We, I saw uh, – I was coming around a corner, not really fast, but because our car – you can't go really fast anymore down our road and it's wet out. Uh, but I came around the corner and I – and then I saw someone walking down the road and they were on my left. I got far, far – as far as I could over to the right. But my freaking tire hit a pothole right when I was passing them. And soaked poor. I know who it is. It's Giacomo uh, <laughs> Jacoby, one of just a, a guy from, from Pionico. And <laughs> I felt I was just like, oh my god, what do I? So I, of course, I stopped the car and I, uh, thank God, I had a towel or something in the back. And he's like, no, no, no. And 
you know, I asked him, what can I do for, you know, can I take you to the end of the, where are you going? He said, I'm just going for a walk. And it's like, <laughs> of course you are. Just trying to have a nice walk. So I was super embarrassed. And of course he played it off because he, I don't know. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And this will definitely get around town. This is definitely going to get around Jason's town. super embarrassed. I'm very, very embarrassed and very His face sorry. Is all red. <laughs> and and um, I don't know what to. I don't know what to do. We'll have to bring him. I'm going to bring him something today. Um, bottle of booze. Yeah, bottle of booze would be good. But um, there's no getting around this one because I'm already known for driving too fast down that road. So and and I saw, I know you are I am and I saw him and made a point I got I'm gonna get over and give him plenty of room and I wasn't going fast because I'm passing you know, anyone who's been down our road you can't, if you're passing someone on our road you can't go that fast but it was just kismet it was ju- it was just perfect how my tire hit the hit that huge puddle at that precise moment and he wasn't like directly 90 degrees to the car he was a little bit i was a little bit past him so it just kind of sprayed the whole his whole back left side it was great not great as in it was perfect is a better better word to use so yeah there you go i'm still making Still making a good name for myself here in Piobicale. I love it. You, uh, yeah, exactly. We're the we're known as. We're, this is why people definitely can't forget us as the Americans down here. Absolutely not. Uh, we're coming up this weekend. We're making sausages here at our, here at the house. We'll do fifty. Last, before we left, uh, we did fifty kilos of salami with Vittorio and Gaggi, and um, now we're going to do the sausages here. On Saturday, I'm going up to pick up the meat today, Friday, and um, it's going to be... You'll have to check out the next vlog. Yeah, you'll have to check out the next vlog. It can be either four hours of work and we get it done, or we could drag this out like... Oh, God, because of Gaji, you never, ever know. We're going to try to get a bunch of stuff done before I'm going to wake up here. at 5 o'clock in the morning and have a jump start on this because I don't want to have to have the... Uh, not only that, there's a sense of satisfaction when he gets here and we are already like deep into work. There and it's like, go. old man, where you been? <laughs> <laughs> so we got that going on. We are knee deep in our consulting, not neck deep yet. We're knee deep in uh, putting together our consulting workshop, which starts on the April 1st, first of April. Um, if you're looking, if you're interested or even, even want to put a toe in thinking about changing your life up a little bit and would like to relocate to Italy to open either just to retire or to open a small business. Um, you just want to know what it's like and what the... You've got a ton of questions. Yeah. You, you want to know what the game is, how to play it, to uh, live here in Italy. You do not need Italian blood. I don't have one single drop. Nope. And um, even if you're not able to come in April, we are starting to plan another one. So definitely still visit the site, fill out the form, and we'll keep you posted on um, when we're going to do the next. Um, big ho- next big everyone in Italy. You're always looking to what the next holiday or day off is, and that's feeding frenzy. Feeding frenzy. Carnivale. Carnivale is coming up at the end of the month. No. Yep. And mid month. Mid. Is it? Is I it, think so. Is it mid month? And. Um, I like Carnivale because nothing going on in the winter and mm-hmm. it's a big winter celebration. There'll be, per, you know, uh, parades and mm-hmm. dressing up and more, can- you know, because we didn't eat enough for Christmas. So let's break out the candy and crap again. Here we go. And the floats are so colorful that they do. And they're always got a um, one or two 
normally have like a great political vibe or spin or joke satire to it, which is always interesting to see. Yeah, they did the Bishop Bling a few mm-hmm. years ago. There was this. Remember, there was the Carbonari on the um, motorbikes the one year. Yeah, like every year, there's something where they're kind of sticking it to the man. I um, don't know. The, the big. Um, processions will be in Pesaro or Fano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for our area. If for our area. Um, but every, not every little town, but Apecchio does a nice little one through their little village. And they throw sausages. They throw sausages and ch- candies and there's big demijons of wine on the back of all the floats. I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and then, then the, it finishes at the gym. Finishes at the gym <laughs> with a potluck, which is great. Slash like bake sale. I love it. Um, some traditional... Th- uh, ch- Sweets for Carnivale around here, Castagnole. Mm-hmm. Um, Castagnole are basically fried dough. It's and like a really good old fashioned donut. Yeah, Whole, but it's a donut. Yeah, it's just a lump of fried dough. Um, they are topped with either powdered sh- or not powdered sugar. I'm sorry, um, granulated sugar and um, the Alchemist. red stuff. Alchemy, alchemy, alchemist. Mm-hmm. Alchemist is just a red liqueur. I don't even know. It looks like smushed up beetles or something. Um, wow, that is not probably what it is at all. It has that red color. Probably is not. It? Yeah. It's interesting. I think sometimes it makes things taste like pumpkin pie. It does. It has, is it? An, but an when it's seed? got, when it's in like Zupa Inglese, gross. You just don't like Zupa Inglese. Oh God. The color, the whole thing. It's the same color. Gross. <laughs> anyway, so you can have it with the granulated sugar and the alchemist, or you, or a little bit of honey drizzled over, and those aren't too bad. No. The secret? What's the secret to making good castagnole, Ashley? Strudo. Yeah, you gotta fry them. <laughs> you gotta fry them in pork. You gotta fry them in lard. Uh, oh, lard. Sorry. Well, strudo. Yeah, pork fat. Um, it's it's it just gives them a certain. T- mm. Deliciousness. Yes. But I'm not making them this year. I, I really don't want to. And because I'll eat them and there's no need for it. And <laughs> no, we're trying to stay fit and we're going to be in Venice. Oh, that's right. So uh, my birthday passed at the end of January and Ashley got me two tickets to go see the opera in Venice at the, well, go ahead. Ashley. Teatro Vernice, Vernice, I think is what it's called. And um, I'm going to sound real stupid that I didn't know that real dumb, but um, it is a, one of the most famous opera houses in Italy and we're going going to see La Boheme and get all dressed up. It will be lovely right in between right next week. So get all dressed up and before the crazy carnival starts hitting there. Yeah. Cause we can't, you can't go after that. Um, no, but we haven't been to Venice. We haven't been to Venice. The lot you wanted, should we, re- re- should we recant oh my gosh, the that's story? Right. The last, sure. so, pardon me. So the last time we were in Venice was when we first moved here? Or house when, hunting. House hunting with your sister. We were, I don't even remember the 2005. Yeah. Right before, a year or yeah. so before we came. And we were in Venice on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. That's when we got there. <laughs> and Venice was absolutely empty. There was not a single person in there. Super foggy. We arrived in the evening mm-hmm. and it was really, really foggy. There was nothing to do. Everything was totally closed. So we rode the traghetto. We rode the little, the, the water taxi, the water ferries. And um, it was freezing out. So you couldn't stand outside. We sat in the back. Because uh, it was warm. And little do we know it was warm because the engine was back there with very suspect exhaust. 
needless to say, we rode it till the end of the line when the driver woke us up and we got out. We had no idea where we were. We were at the end of the end of that big S snake or the beginning or what, somewhere. Who, who knows? knows? We we woke up groggy, like headaches and like where the hell are we? How long have we been on there? And I'm yeah, they were- certain we were just. <laughs> Carbon monoxide poison for God knows how long. I, that's how they were heating the boat. I am certain <laughs> and with boat exhaust. We were just drinking it up. And I was like so we good. We got in there. Mm. It was like this is nice and warm. Yeah, let's let's just, just ride this for a while. Ooh. And next thing you know, all three of us are just passed out. I don't even. We, it was pitch black outside. We're in the middle of like some oh my neighborhood. God, where are we? All we could hear footsteps in the distance, and it's like, oh my God, who this? Yeah, totally out of it. That was hysterical. So, moral of the story is, um, just you know, if you're gonna ride, if it is cold and you ride <laughs> in the back of one of those water, the the ferry ones that go down, you know, all over, you know, every ten minutes or so, peek your head outside, get Keep a breath the window of fresh open. air, crack the window. Not a bad one. That could be a good safety tip as well. But uh, Venice is great. Venice is horrible in this um, tourist season because I think it just gets way too packed and the um, Cruise ships come in and bring hordes of people, and uh, if you can go there in the off season, it's really nice. We're going to go there. I hope there. We're going midweek in February. I hope there's no one. I know. Oh man, I can't wait. It'll be fun. I want to eat some good fish. Well, to uh, wait for the next vlog for it. Uh, well, and um, I want to dress up. We never get to dress. I we know. never get. We I, I wear. Literally, like work over, like work clothes and ripped stuff, and he's obsessed with his Carhartt overalls. I wear my worker man overalls all the time, so it's nice to actually, you know, wear a nice pair of shoes and a and, a, and tuck in your shirt, and mm-hmm. you know, put doopity doo in your hair. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Get all cleaned up a little bit. Absolutely, can't do it here. Nope, no, <laughs> covered no. in cat hair and mud from. <laughs> uh, the uh, one another great thing about winter here coming up, well, coming up, I've started to see it is citrus season. Oh, I can't wait! Um, it is now starting in all the markets and the fruta vendolos to see a myriad of citruses from the blood oranges to the gorgeous lemons to the kind of half dozen varieties of mandarin chini, uh, yeah, the and clementines, mm-hmm. um, the uh. Pompelmo with Rosa. seeds without what's, what's tight Rosa? little ones, grapefruit, saggy, saggy skinned ones. Um, there's everything is super cheap, and I'm and I can't wait to start off my mornings with a nice glass of blood orange juice. It'll be nice. <sighs> We're having our neighbors over for dinner on Monday, and Carolyn's going to bring the dessert. What was that one she used to make where she would do like the um, orange like juice? over the top of the like chocolate what was that i don't remember oh my god it was so good it was some sort of like chocolate cake that something really dense and then she'd pour like the blood orange citrus reduction over it she's into those cakes that then you pour Mm -hmm. the 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 syrup over Mm -hmm. it and the cake soaks it up she Mm -hmm. likes those i liked it (laughs) (laughs) they were good so um be looking wherever you are if if even uh, in north america it's citrus season there as well um have a glass of orange juice. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. So, Ashley, uh, when you need me to order your lemons and oranges for lemon cello and orange cello, it's, t- it's time to get it going. Oh, it is. I can't wait. Do you want to uh, talk about two seconds, how quick it, and easy it is to make those two things? 
Uh, no, we'll do that another time. Excellent. Well, yes, and now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is a theater major no, right use, there. Uh, we're about to I go. Oh, I don't want to use my. I don't want to use up my voice. We're about to. I'm about to do a big read. <laughs> Shut down. Yes, and all right. <laughs> Sorry, that one. Plus, hurt. I thought that would be funny. Oh, haha. Right. Um, we're gonna start something in the podcast that we never do is. Um, Ashley started to write a book about 2005, or I'm um, sorry, five years ago, yeah? Oh my gosh, yeah. Or maybe more now. Uh-huh. So we had this publisher guy contact us and say, oh, you, you should write a book just like Francis Mays and... Um, Under the called? Tuscan Sun. Under the, you know, the love, the romantic story of two of young couple moving and blah, blah, blah. So Ashley started to do it and you, you worked on it for a whole winter, yeah? Yeah. And you've written... A ton. A ton of it. Um, a lot of revisions. And, and outlines and but then i got bored and frustrated and i don't know really why did you get frustrated because the notes would come back and forth and it wasn't it became not the story i wanted to write okay yeah so, so then it was like ah oh, screw it so, <laughs> so that's we're in the uh screw it section here and uh but why not i we thought why not read a little bit of it because it'll never see the light of day it's rough right it's <laughs> totally not- rough like um even as i'm reading it i notice errors so that's good but um i thought we'll start with the overview to give you guys an idea of what this book was about and a little taste of our history and then different podcasts maybe not each one but all um read a chapter and we'll see how it goes i hope it's not too long and i hope you guys enjoy it so we'll do it at the end so that way you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to no 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 no. i mean this will be kind of the end and then at the end of this we'll give our whole where to find us but should we do it now (laughs) did i screw things up what a setup What a setup. My goodness. Are we going to edit this part out? No. Okay. We're We're keeping it. it. I like it. Why don't you just read your your thing? How on earth did you ever find this? Is the first question asked wide-eyed in utter amazement before most can even climb out of their rented standard issue Fiat Panda. Without any stretch of the imagination, every single person, no matter age or language, wants the story of how Jason and I two young Americans ended up in La Marque, Italy. So here goes our attempt at telling it once and for all, and maybe inspiring a few others out there to do the same. Let me first set the scene. We live deep in the Italian countryside, in the foothills of the rugged Apiani Mountains, in the Piccolo Paese, or small village of Piobico, population 2,000, where the weathered old men sit for hours playing scopa outside Crazy Bar, and their wives watch in the distance. And the mayor, who's 46 years old and thought of as a Don Iolo, still lives at home, knows everyone by name. And by deep, I mean five kilometers outside of town. Turn down Estrada Bianco gravel road and continue driving for another six kilometers, pocked with crater-sized potholes, testing the suspension of your shocks and patience, past the rubble of ruined stone farmhouses, crisscrossing the Candeliano River, Just when you think you've gone too far and you've surely missed it, you're almost here. No TV, no phone line, no DSL, no neighbors, only us and the animals, kind of (laughs) deep. I'll skip ahead a little bit. It's no villa, nothing fancy, 
drafty in the winter and perfectly cool in the summer. As your toes hit the tile floors, it's rustic and charming with a rickety front door that doesn't lock. And there's always a pot of something delicious stewing on the stove, wafting rich, meaty flavors up the stairs, calling you to the kitchen. It's where Jason and I happily call home. As I write this book, we've been calling this little slice of paradise home for five years. Building a chicken coop with 20 hens, one of the most verdant organic gardens in the valley, an inn with five guest rooms, and full-on cooking school teaching local traditional recipes from the region that we were taught by our proud neighbors. Amazingly in a culture where unless you were conceived and buried in your village, you are thought as a straniero or a stranger. It's mattered not if you're an American or from Milan, you're not from these parts. <laughs> Jason and I, barely able to speak the language, were not only welcomed, but quickly embraced like family. Before we visited Italy, I had no true understanding of eating seasonally and simply. I was taught classically French, where it's all pop and circumstance, like life in New York was, all about the show. Then I moved to Italy and had a culinary epiphany that transcended food and affected my everyday life. What was I working such long hours before? I could never enjoy it. If I still, if I, if I still, I still go to be exhausted but not fulfilled. Rich in so many other ways, our Italian neighbors have taught by example simple dinners rich in flavor, steeped in family tradition. The outrageous personalities on cookery shows and Michelin-starred chefs might disagree with this point of view. Let them keep their stars, complicated sauces, foams, and towers of food with pointless garnishes. I'll be weeding the salad bed. Jason is right. Life is good when lived simply. I've come a long way from the stilettos on Fifth Avenue to muddy boots tending the garden. It hasn't been easily. It hasn't been easy, but it's definitely been worth it. We're living the American dream. It's just not in America. James Truslow Adams defined the American dream in the 1930s. Life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone, with the opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. It is not a dream of motor cars and high, wa high wages merely, but a dream of social order in which each man and woman shall be able to attain to the fullest statue of what they're innately, innately capable and to be recognized by others for what they are, regardless of the fortuitous circumstances of birth or position." Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> it just so happens that for us, we found that better, fuller, richer life, and of all places, unknown La Marche, Italy. That being said, we were city kids, born and raised from Seattle and San Francisco. Neither one of us had an herb garden, let alone a freaking thousand-meter farm. We both grew up poor, but with a phone, <laughs> cable TV, and central heating. What, are we barbaric? <laughs> Jason and I met in college. We were kindred spirits and fast friends. After dating for about nine months, Jason proclaimed he was moving to New York to go to culinary school. And before he could finish his sentence, my eyes lit up and I told him I'm coming to you to be an actor. I was ready to stretch my wings. We were eager to escape to a university. We were eager to escape a university neither of us could have should have ever been at in the first place or could afford an overbearing mother and an itch to dream big. I always believed I'd rather try and fail than wonder what if, at least if I gave it a go, I'd surely learn something along the way. So we packed a U-Haul and headed for the big apple to live in sin and follow our dreams of chasing those Michelin stars and Academy awards. It could be that Jason and I were both the eldest of our siblings 
and I'm the eldest of nine close-knit cousins. But we've always known that we what we've wanted to do in life and went after it with gusto. Never a shortage of confidence. The two of us have a motor. We get an idea and go for it. Not with blind stupidity, but with fearless passion and determination. I would say that I am best described by the unforgettable 1980s John Candy classic, Uncle Buck. She's a twiddler, a dreamer, a silly heart. She is a jabberbox. And frankly, I don't think she takes a thing in her life or career as a student seriously. It's true. I'm happy-go-lucky, and the only thing I take seriously is a hungry belly. I'm through and through a people person with a great sense of humor. Well, I think I'm funny. And a contagious laugh that can be heard echoing through the valley. Jason, on the other hand, ends each each season of guests joking, I hate people. (laughs) But that's just his upbringing in the kitchen. A born cook that hates being called a chef. The kitchen is the only office he knows. He can roast a whole hog in a wood-burning oven, debone a fish with spoon, butcher a deer at midnight hanging from a tree in our front yard, and to make pasta delicate enough to make Italians plead. He must be a little Italian. Jason is self-proclaimed super cool and a lover of pork. A full-blooded American, a guy's guy with shoulders of a linebacker, he despises most TV chefs, save PBS. He's Jolly Bartner, eager and inquisitive, ego-free, with gorgeous blue eyes and a big heart. We make a good team, the two of us. We balance each other. I can't cook to save my life, and Jason can barely type. He's a painful hunt and pecker. My strength is working what's referred to in the industry as the front of the house. Jason is the heart of the house. Jason would prefer to clean the stove in silence after dinner, whereas from 6 a.m. to midnight, I've got what you'd call the gift of gab. We make each other laugh, finish each other's sentences, and break out in song like some modern, demented, tone-deaf Von Trapp family. But instead of Bavarian soak songs, we harmonize to Tupac, old Whitney Houston ballads, and the Doobie Brothers. (laughs) We got range, baby. Just five years ago, it was a different life we led. Instead of a sprawling 500-acre property working from home, we lived in a tiny one-bedroom apartment in a three-story walk-up in the Irish-Italian neighborhood of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, a block off the NR line. We thought we moved to New York for two years, but eight years later, we were still there in the same apartment, the same job, sucked in. It never felt like home. I couldn't imagine myself growing old there. It may sound stupid, but I missed the smell of fresh-cut grass in the summer. Sinatra got it right, though. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And we believed it. To us, New York was a place to learn and grow a set of serious balls. We did both. (laughs) Quickly, you learn it's sink or swim. There's an energy and a pulse in the city you feed off of and become addicted to. The world is at your fingertips. Jason could order blowfish to be flown in for dinner that night for a special event without blinking. However, I think we were at a crossroads, feeling more like we were floundering in a life we didn't want to lead. Jason was making good money, but compromising happiness and spending quality time for it. Yes, the shopping was amazing and intoxicating. There's takeout of any worldly cuisine at any ungodly hour. But we didn't have real friends. There's no sense of belonging. We were spent. We became jaded, losing that effervescence of life. 
There's no time to stop and smell the roses while you're weaving in and out of tourist-packed midtown, dodging town cars and trying to make the express train home in time for extra. New York is great if you're young and poor or old and rich. We're right in the middle, and it kind of sucks. We worked in the city, doing the daily grind and corporate gig, working for the man. A cheerful 45-minute standing-room-only train ride to Midtown with a transfer for the express train to arrive at a job where I was only going through the motions and didn't really care about coming home exhausted and bloated. If Jason was working late, and he normally was, I called dinner a bowl of cereal or cottage cheese and chips. I'd been working for the same company since I was 17, a resort dining and athletics club. I started in Seattle and transferred to the location in New York. I learned a lot about high-end custom service and was good at my job, but my heart wasn't in it. As Jason says, I was never ready to drink the corporate Kool-Aid. Jason had worked his way up in the kitchen from grunt work at Dean and DeLuca in Soho while taking night classes at the French Culinary Institute to the executive chef on the Upper West Side of a haughty toddy celebrity-filled, quote-unquote, urban country club serving, quote-unquote, spa cuisine, whatever that means. The higher in the the chain of command, the less cooking you do. Jason says it's more about putting out fires or babysitting adults. Corporate meetings, shaking hands, and kissing babies. You don't cook. You deal with bullshit as an executive chef. Jason quickly deserved that being an executive chef wasn't all it cracked up to be. He spent more time managing people than actually cooking. Let's just say I attracted the most savory of characters with the budget I had for labor. Whoever was willing to work for less than $10 an hour in a hot windowless kitchen, standing on your feet for eight hours a day, was hired. I learned the hard way that hiring a dishwasher from the Dominican Republic and a line cook from Ecuador would cause problems. I worked long hours thinking my sacrifices would be rewarded. Walking to work during the blackout or 9-11 was quickly forgotten when reviewing the budget. The kitchen in New York is about what's in fashion, not what's in season. He was getting burned out, and I could see it in his eyes. That love of feeding others was slipping away. He had even contemplated leaving the kitchen to become an air traffic controller. (laughs) Thank God he didn't. I just felt like it was time to go, time to start the next chapter in our lives. Jason was right. We could feel it. It was 2006, and we were planning to get married and ready to buy a house. What with the fabulous zero-down mortgages and all our friends were taking advantage of, we'd be crazy not to start looking. We had visited L.A. and were looking for houses in Southern California. As West Coasters were more chill and relaxed than the tightly wound, slightly neurotic, fast walkers we had become in New York. After almost nine years, we knew we didn't want to become lifers, where the sun rises and sets on the island of Manhattan. We wanted a garden. My God, not even a garden per se, but some resemblance of grass to rub my toes in on a summer's day. So all that being said, when Italians, guests, uh, um, our friends and family, the random German looky-loo alike, ask, how'd you find this place? They're really asking, why in the hell did you two end up moving here from New York City at 26 to start a farm and cooking school? Well, the truth is, it may be a little over-the-top cheesy, but we first came to Italy on cue the music, our honeymoon. That's some more. <laughs> when we decided to get married, Jason said to me, why not have a small wedding and a rockin' honeymoon? So that's exactly what we did, and it changed everything. So in the spring of 2006, after a lovely little wedding at a B&B on Orcas Island, Jason and I took almost a month off from work at the dismay of many 
disgruntled co-workers and traveled across Italy from the top to toe, exploring and experiencing Italy and those crazy, wonderful Italians. We fell in love with life here. Italy is magical. It draws you in first with the food and wine and the spectacular landscape, then with the people and the culture and the quality of life they share. It all started with the food for us, as it always does. Of course, it's beyond what you'd expect, especially coming from New York, where the Jersey Shore bastardizes Italians with visions of guidos and gumbas, drowning their overcooked pasta in heavy sauces and spiking their sticky gelled hair. Unlike in the U.S., here the food is uber-local and all-seasonal, which we discovered immediately. We landed in Venice, jet-lagged from a crazy wedding weekend, but ready to begin eating. After exploring the sinking city and devouring plate after plate of fresh-made pasta with vongole or squid ink, we picked up uh, our trusty little rental car and zigzagged our way to the Dolomites and through the hairpin turns of the Alpi di Susi. Amazed at the steep peaks and sweeping alpine meadows, I couldn't help but sing every single song from The Sound of Music, because baby, those hills were alive. In the north, we ate heavy, meaty dishes with German-Austrian influence, brown breads, heavy sauces, smoked meat like speck, Italian, an Italian take on spetzel, and the most incredible hand-churned butter in restaurants with hand-carved wooden tables with legs the size of my thighs. Although feeling like it was time to pull on my fat pants, we hadn't even made it to the breadbasket of Italy. Emilia Romagna, the home of prosciutto di parma, bolognese, parmigiano reggiano, traditional balsamic of Modena, and the most amazing puffy fried cheese bread I've ever had. As a wonderful surprise, Jason had booked us a balsamic tasting. At first, I scoffed at the idea. Why are we going out of our way to taste salad dressing? I had no idea what was in store. We left our little rent, our we, I'm sorry. We left our little rental on the street and passed through the iron gates of Acetaio di Giorgio in Modena, a large manor house that has the home for vinegar makers and their barrels of hundreds of years. We were welcomed like old family friends by the proud wife of Giorgio, Giovanna for a tasting of balsamic vinegar in their attic. Our noses twitched as we climbed the stairs, the sweet smell of balsamic awakening our senses immediately. Warming the balsamic in the bottle with her hands, Giovanna, Giovanna lovingly explains to us the details of making traditional balsamic vinegar and how, in a family of artisanal makers, this is a life as usual. Like only 59 others know. There is a grand total of 60 certified DOP artisans of traditional balsamic vinegar of Modena. Giovanna pours droplets of thick black syrup into a teaspoon. As the first spoonful coats your tongue, you begin to swallow, breathing in the complexities, and you know you're in for a treat. Then comes an explosion of complex woody flavors, cherry, juniper, low in acidity and surprisingly fruity which then begs the question, what have I been eating for all these years? The elusive Giorgio pops in here and there, first to graciously welcome us, and then to sneak a peek of our reaction to his hard work. They work well together. I think how nice this would be if Jason and I could work together like this. Bubbly public relations manager and the earnest ego-free artisan. The longer we sit, the more 
we become emotionally invested in their family and future of their balsamico. To us, this is not only the true meaning of slow food, but the core of what we love about Italians, and honestly, part of why we moved here. It's the deep-rooted family traditions, unwavering passion for perfection, and true artisans, whether it be food, linens, farming, crafts, that draws us to this country and these people. There is something about it that makes you want to be part of it. It's the gas station attendant that jumps to his feet as you pull up to the self-serve side and begins pumping for you regardless, happily chatting about the weather we're having. It's the sense of pride in it all. Take, for example, something as simple as vinegar and how it can be transformed into an exquisite culinary delight with the love and painstaking attention to detail. I will forever associate the flavor of balsamic with Giovanni's, Giovanna's big smile and the smell of their attic surrounded by age-old barrels topped with hand-knit white doilies. doilies. Each bottle is alive, rich, and flavorful. Each spoonful celebrating the traditions of Giorgio and Giovanna's family and dying breed of Italian artisans. Needless to say, we bought a few bottles of the good stuff. We felt like we were investing in their family and their future. Happy to pay 80 euro for 100 milliliters. As we packed the car with our booty, we kissed the couple goodbye and drove away knowing we were forever changed. All throughout Italy, we ate amazing food, including the massive Bistecca Fiorentina, reminiscent of the old 96er in the great outdoors, drank copious amounts of red wines, and damn near drank the golden extra virgin olive oil as well. With no set destination, we let our bellies lead the way, stopping any time we would see a pig roasting on a spit, which happened more than once, or made makeshift market, or a makeshift market. We weren't going to get stressed about a, a thing, just enjoy where the road takes us. As we were entering the walled city of Montisi, slowly climbing up. <laughs> We'll stop there. Let's stop where the road takes us. Obviously, I was long-winded. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that excerpt. Wow. You can... you. That's the overview. We're not even done. <laughs> well, I'm just... How long are you going to... Is there an end in sight or, or are we going to just read the whole book? I don't even know. You really didn't plan this out very well, did you? I said the overview. I told you it was going to be long, and you were like, "No problem." It's a few more pages. Few no, more pages. No, we'll come gonna... back. We'll come back to that. Here's the. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I've got to save some of this for the rest of the story. That's about another six pages down. <laughs> we're, done. we're done. So, to hear more. <laughs> oh my! Any comments? Um, Is it weird to hear? I wonder what version that is, too. I hope it's the latest. It doesn't sound... It doesn't it, sound like it. It got a little clunky there. Toward, I thought so, too. I was like, I think clunky. it was a little tighter. I'll have to find a better version to read from next time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, If I, you guys don't like this... Um, you're not listening anymore anyway. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, we don't plan... If Listen... As you can tell, this is not a thought out, very rehearsed. It's it's real. Fly by the seat of your pants. Oh my god! Can you bring us home? All right, you guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Latavala Market. 
And you can find us on our website, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, latavalamarque.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Ashley Bartner. Tune in Thursdays on YouTube for our vlog and we, I don't know when the next podcast will be. No. Um, if you check out the vlog and if you like it, share it with your friends. And, and even if they're not Italiophobes that like you are probably, um, share it with your friends. We'd love to uh, spread the word and, and get some more pub for it. Also, I would like to I, – I never, I never plug – well, I guess we always plug something. But um, I would like to plug something t- totally different. Um, I have been working – well, we have been working on um, helping out my flight instructor with his um, new business called Flying in France. You can fly flyinginfrance.com. Flying in, I am running the social media for it. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I want to try I, – I don't know how to do, really do anything, send emails or – do a Facebook post, none of that stuff. And I have to, it's, it, there's no excuse. I have to learn. So, um, he, uh, my flight instructor stupidly enough <laughs> allowed, he doesn't like, he doesn't, he, knew, he knows less than you. He knows less than me. So I'm the expert. Um, <laughs> so check it out. I have no followers. No one likes it. What's I, your Instagram? Where can we find you on Instagram? Instagram at flying in France, uh, at, on Facebook at flying in, uh, Facebook's flying in France and just come and like it because I have zero. I have zero friends. No one wants to be my friend. No one is interested. Be my friend. That was pathetic. I know. I don't care. <laughs> we're, we're groveling now. I've been doing it a few weeks now, and I'm not getting traction. No, it'll pick up. Don't worry. It has to. There's only one way to go. True. All right. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank- if anyone still is, <laughs> thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening. We will keep at it sometime. And from beautiful, beautiful, even though it's rainy and overcast today. I love it. It's still better than anywhere else I know. Piovico Italia, thank you so much for downloading and we will see you next time. Ciao! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.